You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. So here you are, too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. Ujoma Umbinyo Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong? And how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Ayan every Monday at 2.30pm on 3CR Community Radio. You're listening to Diaspora Blues on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am. I am Ayan Shirwa. Let's say you are at home scrolling through Instagram or Twitter and you receive a notification on WhatsApp. It's a link to an article about COVID. Apparently, the origin of COVID has been solved. You're about to share the news with friends, but something stops you. You can't put your finger on it just yet, but something is not quite right about this article. On today's show, Stevie Jang from First Draft News helps us make sense of fake news and disinformation and how to verify suspicious material. That's coming up soon after this track.
Money changing situation. Miscommunication lead to complication. My emancipation don't fit your equation. I was on the humble you on every station. Someone play young Lauren like she done. But remember not to game the one of the sun. Everything you did has already been done. I know all the tricks from bricks to kingstown. My ting done major king down one wrong. Now understand El Boogie now violent. But if a thing test me, run for me gun. Can't take a threat to me no one son. Been this way since creation. A groupie call you far from temptation. Now you want ball over separation. Tarnish my image in the conversation. Who you gonna scrimmage like you the champion? You might win some, but you just lost one. You might win some, but you just lost one. You might win some, but you just lost one. You might win some, but you just lost one. You might win some, but you just lost one. Now, now, how come your talk turned cold? Gain the whole world for the Grab hold of what you can't control. Now you all flaws with a sight to behold. Wisdom is better than silver and gold. I was hopeless, now I'm all hopeful. Every man wanna act like he's exempt. Need to get down on his knees and repent. Can't slick talk on the day of judgment. The movement's similar to a serpent. Try to play straight how your whole style been. Consequences, no coincidence. Hypocrites always wanna play in the sand. Always wanna take it to the full out extent. Always wanna make it seem like good intent. Never wanna face it when it's time for punishment. I know you don't wanna hear my opinion. There come many paths and you must choose one. And if you don't change, then the rain soon comes. See, you might win some, but you just lost one. You might win some, but you just lost one. You might win some, but you just lost one. You might win some, but you just lost one. You really 
That was the enigmatic Lauren Hill with Lost Ones. And before that, you heard Leah Knight with Play It Cool. The Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion, and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. This next interview is with Stevie Jang, the Associate Editor at First Draft News. I reached out to Stevie because as someone who is permanently online, I come across tons of stories that are sometimes hard to verify. So today, Stevie lifts the lid on disinformation and with the elections coming up, we need to be on guard now more than ever. Before we get to the nitty gritty stuff, let's get to know who Stevie Jang is. So I'm Stevie Jong. I'm associate editor for the APAC Bureau um, from an organization that was formerly known as First Draft. Um, so we uh, previously were a, a global organization with uh, three different bureaus across the world. Uh, we recently closed our doors, unfortunately, but the U.S. team has moved uh, to the Information Futures Lab at Brown University. Um, next year, we're, the APAC team will be uh, moving into RMIT uh, to join RMIT ABC Fact Check. RMIT uh, Fact Lab. Um, so we'll be there as the cross-check team um, and we'll sort of continue to have a working relationship with our colleagues in the U.S. Mm. Uh, so it's a bit of a long story, uh, but all that to say that um, our mission is basically to help empower people to build the resilience against uh, harmful misinformation, any sort of pollutants in what, you know the information ecosystem. So there's two terms that I've been using interchangeably, but since I started doing my Googles, I've found out that they don't mean the same thing. So the two terms I'm thinking about is disinformation and misinformation. Can you define what those two terms mean? Sure. Um, A very common question, Um, and you're not the only one to sort of get that confusion (laughs) between those two. Um, So they both sort of fall into what we call information disorder, which is sort of generally speaking like bad quality information or, you know, things that make being alive and consuming information more difficult. Um, Misinformation, the way we differentiate it um, is that misinformation is false or misleading information that gets spread, but not intentionally. Um, Whereas disinformation is, you know, something that does get spread um, intentionally. So an easy way to remember that is that like the miss is like short for mistake. Um, There's definitely like some overlap there, but I think of like disinformation as like maybe your politicians and your public figures who want to put a specific narrative out there, whereas misinformation is like your family member like sending you something on WeChat that they might not necessarily know is like false. Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting to also note is that even though they don't mean the same thing, I originally I thought that one was worse than the other, but misinformation, no accidental, although the intentions are good, but the outcome is still bad. So 
even though you're going in thinking that you're sharing something that's harmless, the fact that you've shared it and the fact that people have responded, the consequences are still bad, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's why um, sometimes you will find that these two terms are interchangeable because it's not often like you can't always know what the intent is behind whoever is like creating it or sharing it. All right, so let's look at the relationship between propaganda and language. There are some words that on the surface sound harmless, but they have some malicious intent. Can you tell me more about how language can elicit bias or certain words and phrases can elicit bias? So I think like with propaganda, a lot of it is not about what is explicitly being said, but said, but rather like the implication. Um, so like that's where you have a lot of, you know, white supremacist dog whistles. Like that's how they work, right? Is that they're not explicitly saying that like us as people of color like shouldn't belong in this country, right? They're, they're you know, making a statement about like immigration sort of more broadly, but what it's saying is actually like a different thing from the words. Um Because some examples that I'm thinking about are words like thugs or gangs. Because anybody can be a thug or or anybody can be in a gang. But there's certain groups that are given that label of gang or being in a gang and others aren't. Can you say more on that? Yeah. So um, that's like a perfect example of like, like you said, anybody can be um, either of those two things. But the sort of social context around which is like functioning around those words is that, you know, a thug is like sort of generally perceived to be like black or Mm. brown or you know like a terrorist is like generally you know you think of like well not not you but um sort of societally um the image that that word conjures up is like a muslim person who like wears a head covering um so I, i think like the way that it works is really sort of insidious and that's why when you study propaganda it's also quite hard to sort of pick it apart when you're studying propaganda you're also making assumptions about what the person is saying you're making assumptions about the assumptions that the person is making yes so um it is like quite insidious and you're so right it's hard to pinpoint as well like i'm well i used to be on twitter quite a bit and whenever there was a terrorist act i would know if the person's white or not by the term Yes. Or the description that they use. So if it's like the lone wolf, yes, it's not Muslim or it's not a person of color. Yeah. But if I hear a terrorist, I'm like, damn. Exactly. It's yeah. one of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you're so right. It's, it is so insidious. And that's why it's important for us to be so aware of these words and the power certain words have. All right. Let's look at, because part of your work is verification, right? Yes. So let's say my auntie, who does this quite a bit, <laughs> sends me a video or sends me any type of material, it looks sus, but I'm not sure, like, I'm not sure about the validity of Mm -hmm. that material. What are some things that I should be looking out for when it comes to checking whether it's from a credible source? When it comes to, like, visual content, um, we have, like, this thing called the five pillars of verification, um, and that's uh, provenance, source, date, location, and motivation. Um, so, you know, provenance is like, where did it come from? Like, who created this piece of content? Um, source is like, who is the person that is sharing it? Who is the person that is sort of directly putting it into your hands? Yeah. Date, which is like, when did it come from? Location, 
which is, uh, you know, when it comes to like visual stuff, you know, can you figure out like where this photo was taken? Um, and then motivation, which is like, why did, if this was like a piece of created content, like why did they make it? Personally, I really like to look at source first. Like you said, a really easy way of determining if something is credible or at least like, not necessarily true, but like mm, something that you has, can sort of have, like has like value, right? Yes. Um, is, you know, figuring out if like the source is trustworthy. So, um, if it's uh, from a website, looking at like who is writing this website, if it's like from a blog, you know, figuring out like when did this blog start, you know, if it, what is like all of the other mm -hmm. content that it posts. Um, and then obviously like on social media, um, a really easy thing to do is just to look at the account that's sharing it, right? Mm. Um, and like really looking into like every single aspect, like looking at um, the profile picture, looking at the handle. Verification used to be a thing that we could do, we could look at on Twitter, but yeah. unfortunately, like, maybe not as reliable now. Um, and then looking at, like, all the other stuff that it's shared as well, because, you know, if you if you get something that sort of um, rings a couple of alarm bells, um, you should, you know, see if, like, any of the other content follows that same trend of, like, maybe being conspiratorial, and then looking at, like, if that falls into a broader pattern. Mm. Um, one thing, though, I think that is really important is differentiating between like if something is trustworthy or if something is accurate because those two things can be different but often when we are sort of bombarded by information it can be easier to look for something that's trustworthy rather than accurate mm -hmm. um but you know if you have the time to really sit down and like look through what you're getting accuracy is always something good to strive for we're going to pause here and when we come back more from stevie and this time around we hear about why diaspora communities are more vulnerable to misinformation. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. You're listening to Diaspora Blues on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am. I am Ayan Shirwa. So in this next segment, Stevie opens the conversation with an explanation about why closed messaging apps like WhatsApp are breeding grounds for misinformation. I think sort of two aspects. One aspect is that they are sort of closed or semi-closed. Um, so uh, for my personal example, um, I'm from China, so... Uh, I have a lot of like family and friends that use WeChat to stay connected, like you were saying about WhatsApp. Um, on WeChat, there's there's like the private messaging um, function, and then there's also like a sort of it's called like friend circles. Um, you can sort of share to like everyone who is your friend. So there's this like obviously as a researcher, like I can only research what I have access to, um, which in this case means I have access to the group chats that I'm in, uh, the private chats that I'm in. And then I have access to, like, the, like, handful of friends that share on friend circles. So determining the problem becomes an issue in itself because researchers, like, don't have access to all that much compared to a more public platform like Twitter or even Facebook in some cases. Um, so that that's one of the problems. Um, the other problem is that these are apps that um, we're used to, like, using to connect with people that we're like personally and emotionally close with, um, which means that we're more likely to put more credence 
on what we receive through these apps. So, you know, like like you said, um, getting a message from your auntie, um, maybe like after an established pattern, you start to learn that like, okay, maybe she's not looking at like the best sources. But um, oftentimes, you know, I'll get like lots of links from my grandma and, you know, she doesn't necessarily know to like look into these things. And she might just be trying to share to help me and, you know, be like, this is something I think you should be aware of. Um, so I'm more likely to like look at those things and then be like, oh, like my grandma's looked at this. Mm. So it might be true or it might at least be like trustworthy or something that like I can put a certain amount of like rely on it um, to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, so there's that danger of like, because we get bombarded by so much information every day through like social media and other uh, sources, we're, we're really increasingly relying on heuristics, which is like mental shortcuts. Um, and, you know, one of those mental shortcuts might be like, if someone that I trust sent me this information, then surely this information in itself is trustworthy. And the thing with closed apps as well, unlike Facebook, Facebook comes with a warning if it's about COVID. Exactly, yeah. So there's none of that warning. So you literally just get the headlines and you're going off on those headlines. And I think you mentioned that in one of your Yeah, articles. exactly. Um, so... Like, one of those interventions that um, platforms are implementing now is that, like, warning label. Um, but those those warning labels just stay on the platforms that they're on. So, like, if you see, like, a questionable link about COVID on Facebook, it might have, like, one of those overlays that tells you, like, this might be false and here's why. But if you share that on, like, a different app, like, if, if I, like, extrapolated that and then shared it on WeChat, that warning label doesn't apply, <laughs> I would have to like mm. click into that link and then share that link separately. Okay. But of course, like nobody's going to do that because if they're sharing it, that means that they probably think that it's true. Mm. And in one of your articles, you talk about the things that reporters can do to be mindful about the content they put out. And one of it was being cautious about the headlines. Can you say more on that? Because I thought that was brilliant. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I think there's a really big problem with misleading headlines. The problem's sort of twofold, right? Because one is, like, a lot of people on social media don't read past the headline. Like, they don't open the link. It's understandable to some degree, but it does mean that, like, when newsrooms are, like, under financial pressure to create, like, clickbaity titles or whatever, um, like, journalists and editors who are, I think editors are, like, more commonly the ones who write the headlines, um, they're under pressure to, like, create these, like, attention-grabbing headlines. Um, and then, you know, some random kid who's, like, 15 um, might, like, read it and then just be like, oh, okay, so that's true, and then move on with his life without having read the entire article that might clarify the headline. Mm. And then the, the other issue is that the prevalence of clickbait headlines now creates this, like, huge mistrust in journalism and like news media because people are now aware of the problem and they're like these newsrooms just want us to like click on their articles so who knows if the information they're putting out is true or not you're listening to 3cr community radio 855 am on digital and online 3cr radical radio all right so before i let you go we I mean, we did touch on it in our email that the state elections, the Victorian state elections are yes. coming up, which means we're going to be bombarded with media interviews and like campaigns and, and that kind of thing. 
when it comes to the elections, what should we look out for in terms of like misinformation or disinformation? What are strategies that but the politicians use mm. to kind of sell their agenda? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think I would personally be wary of like any sort of content that comes out of the the parties or you know anything that's sort of like official um because like you said they're trying to sell they're trying to sell you something right like i'm not saying that that's 100% misinformation or anything like that but it could be framed really in a very misleading way and in our work we um have done a lot of like monitoring of meta's um ad libraries so like looking at what people pay for to get onto people's Facebook feeds. Um, and I would say that there's like a fair amount of like massaging of like the facts there. Um, so, you know, just like be aware of that. Um, you know, if you think that it seems true, maybe like have a second look into it and it could be true, but just sort of be aware of the motivations there, which is, you know, that they want to get elected. So one thing that I like to say is that you should take a couple of seconds before you want to share something to really just like think about why you're sharing it, right? So like often we share something because we think that it will help someone else. Um, like it'll bring awareness to someone or, you know, you think that they could benefit from new information. So think about like, is this why I want to do it? And like, is this the best way of doing it? Um, and often we maybe want to share something that like, makes us feel a certain way. Um, so really like sort of sit with that emotion and like think about like um, if you're just sort of feeding into it um, or if you're sort of like thinking from the more rational part of your brain. Um, another thing is like, I think a really good way of thinking about um, content online is like, if something elicits a really strong emotion in you, it's often designed to do that. Um, and, like, people don't like being tricked. So, like, remembering that is, like, a really good way of, like, getting you to sort of take a calmer approach to social media because it's like, oh, this thing, like, makes me angry. Um, but then, you know, there's that little voice in the back of your head saying, like, hang on, like, this thing is designed to make you angry. And then, you know, you sort of step out of it a bit. Um, and, you know, taking that few seconds will really help. And that was Stevie Jane from First Draft News. Even though First Draft News has closed this current chapter, they will be starting a new one at Information Futures Lab. That's Information Futures Lab. And that is it from us for this week. You can listen back to this episode and all of our previous episodes on our 3CR page at 3cr.org.au forward slash Diaspora Blues. Follow us on Instagram at 3cr.diasporablues. Taking us out now is Lauren Hill with Duop. I'm Ian Shirwa and you've been listening to Diaspora Blues. Girls, you know you better watch out. Some guys, some guys are only about that thing, that thing, that thing, that thing, that thing, that Since you 
were looking for your friend The one you let hit it and never called you again Remember when he told you he was about to bend your mans You act like you and him, they give him a little trim to begin Now you think you really gon' pretend Like you wasn't down and you called him again Plus when you give it up so easy you ain't even fooling him If you did it then, then you probably can Talking out your neck saying you're a Christian A Muslim sleeping with the gin Now that was the sin that did Jezebel in Who you gon' tell when the repercussions spin? Showing off your ass cause you thinking it's a trend girlfriend Let me break it down for you again You know I only say it cause I'm truly genuine Don't be a hard rock when you really are a gin Baby girl, respect is just the minimum When you still defending them now Lauren is only human Don't think I haven't been through the same predicament Let it sit inside your head Women in Philly pen. It's silly when girls sell their souls because it's sin. Look at where you be in. Hair weaves like Europeans. Fake nails done by Koreans. Come again. And it's him and it's women, him and it's men Come in the club like hooligans Don't care who that you fan, Papa Yang you got yeah. Let's not pretend The one in the pack pissed out by the waist, man Crissed out by the casement Still the name of the basement The pretty face man Claiming that they did a bit, man Need to take care of their three and four kids In the face in court case When the child supports late Money taking, heart breaking Now you wonder why women hate me The sleepy silent man The punk domestic violence man You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.